1: Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the show. You know, history of companies is always interesting to me. In the 1940s, there was an aviation sales team, aviation parts, that is, that actually flew in their company plane filled with spare parts and delivering and talking to their customers. Hmm. They were called at the time the flying salesmen, the founders were all about meeting customer needs. This 86-year-old company is called Aviol, a global billion-dollar company. And so my guest today is Eric Strafel, who is the President and CEO and newly named Vice President of Supplier Management for Boeing Global Services. Eric, I'm so excited you took time to come today. Thank you.
2: Yeah, thank you for having me, Valerie. Really excited myself.
1: You're welcome. <clears throat> and I'm remembering when we first met, uh, you were so enthusiastic and so engaging, and you made the point that you're really passionate about getting all of your employees, and there are how many? Thousands?
2: Yeah, a couple thousand employees now within, within <laughs> AVL. Yeah. Right.
1: Uh, and getting all of them really engaged so that they can understand and move toward the strategic direction. How do you engage employees? How do you do it?
2: Yeah, you know, I think it started when uh, I was a Six Sigma black belt early in my career, so I facilitated process improvement with employees. And when you do that, you get a bunch of employees together and you try to pull out ideas and help to solve a problem together. And I realized the power of the group and diverse thinking and bringing that together, engaging employees mm-hmm. to solve a problem. And then as I grew up in, uh, in leadership, I started solving bigger and bigger problems. And eventually you're solving for where is the company going? Right. What's the vision? What's our strategy to get there? Mm-hmm. And so I think that carried through into engaging people uh, to uh, come along that journey to help us understand who we are, why we're going there. Uh, who we're competing with, and the more we bring people along, Mm -hmm. the more people are excited and passionate about uh, taking that journey with us. And then uh, what we try to do is recognize how everybody contributes, every team, every employee around the company as we go, and make sure that we thank them along the way.
1: That's not easy to do in a big company. And it's interesting that I have a video Mm -hmm. of you doing exactly this. It's a town hall meeting, and we got a copy of Eric standing in front of the employees talking about exactly this. So let's take a look.
2: How do you recognize people for everything that they do every single day? So I want to share a story about uh, going to McDonald's with my son up in Minnesota over a Christmas holiday this past year. So we were at McDonald's and they had some toy giveaway in Happy Meal with my seven year old. And they didn't have the toy, there were like four versions of this toy, and they didn't have the one that he wanted. The only ones they had were ones he already had, so he was pretty upset. And so we, you know, we, we went with it, went back to our table, sat down. About 20 minutes later, uh, a woman came over who I saw previously mopping the floor, and she brought that toy. And he was so excited and she had gone around wherever in the storage rooms and dug around for 20 minutes to find that toy. And I'm thinking, my gosh, I'm sorry for having to do that. So I I went up and I I asked the manager, hey, is there something that we can do for this woman who just took 20 minutes away from whatever it is that she's supposed to be doing to find this toy for my boy? so they said, yeah, there's a there's an employee recognition uh, gift card that we can give out, and I think it was a $20 gift card or something. And so uh, I, I filled something out, the manager got a gift card, we called her over, uh, my son is with me, and we gave her that gift card, she started crying. And I look back at my son, and if you have ever seen, I've never seen a seven-year-old humbled before, but the look on his face, like, I guess my toy wasn't that important. It was pretty impactful. The uh, That inspired me for the next 30 days to try to do something every single day for somebody. And what it reminds you of is what the smallest things can do for an employee. And so where I ask for your help is imagine if every one of you every single day just went up and recognized or thanked somebody for doing a good job. Imagine what kind of culture that would build for our company. Imagine what kind of brand that would build for our company.
1: Eric, that's that's pretty cool. What was the result of that?
2: Uh, you know, I think that was uh, that was the start of a leadership journey with where we were going as a company. Where uh we brought people with us and they they we walk the talk right so we we brought people together uh get out talk to people bring them along thank them for what they're doing it's something that you have to do consistently day in and day out month in and month out year in and year out and i think people uh realize that it, it wasn't the flavor of the month it was part Correct. of who we are and who we are translates into who we are in our market to our customers and they see that right. you know so it uh yeah it's it's be, it really is who we are as a company
1: well, I've, I've observed that in, in being a part of the company, gratefully. And just take it outside of work. I mean, it isn't difficult to just smile at someone.
2: Right, or, right.
1: Or what, what are some things that you do outside of work?
2: Yeah, like so, that. you know, if you, if you take the perspective of, you know, it's not about me and, and look at what other people are doing and just how you can help and, and make somebody's day, you have an opportunity every single day to just go out of the way and recognize somebody or you see somebody having a hard time with whatever it is. Mm-hmm. You know, I travel a lot, uh, people just putting their luggage up in the storage bins, right, and, and <laughs> helping them get it in or down. Uh, it's the simplest things that, you know, we – it's not so much the act of doing it, it's mm-hmm. the act of uh, that person knowing that somebody is thinking about them and showing that they care. You know, so it's it's more the, the meaning behind it, I think.
1: I wish you were a passenger every time I fly.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: You know, it's, um, it's always fun to talk to CEOs and ask them, did you always want to be a CEO? Did you aspire to get to the top? And so I'll ask that question. Was this something that you just were dying to do, is to become a CEO of such a huge organization?
2: Uh, it was not. So <laughs> I started out, I was an engineer, and uh, I, you know, early on in my career I had kind of five-year chunks of goals. I wanted to be an engineer, wanted to work for a while, get my MBA. When I first got my leadership position, uh, I realized that, you know what, I, I really like engaging a team and helping a team become successful. I mm-hmm. uh, had a couple leadership roles, really appreciated it, and then I went out into a special projects role where I wasn't leading a team. And I realized, you know what I't I'm just not as passionate about it if I'm not helping others achieve their, uh, their best selves and their potential. Uh, and so I, I realized that the, the, the bigger the leadership role it wasn't about the title. It was around how can I make a bigger impact? Uh-huh. And as I uh, took bigger and bigger roles and responsibilities, I can make a bigger and bigger impact and create an environment where people can make a bigger impact.
1: And, and you're doing that, and gratefully. It's, when someone says to me, oh, Valerie, I, I, I don't want to talk to the CEO or the SVP, mm-hmm. and, and they're afraid of a title, what would you say?
2: Yeah, you know, I, I think we strive to be approachable. and We don't talk titles much at all. When I introduce myself, uh, I, I've done uh, most of the jobs in the company just spending a kind of a day in the life. Mm-hmm. Uh, I rarely throw my title out there. I oftentimes walk around with uh, my sleeves rolled up. And, do uh, and just try to engage with employees. You know, early on, I realized I was doing something right. I was walking through our, our main distribution center, and uh, with a cup of coffee. And I, oh, you know, this is after just, I had already gotten to know a lot of employees out uh-huh. there, and, and uh, would walk around. And one of the employees came up to me and they said, "Hey, Eric, you know, when you walk around with a cup of coffee, uh-huh. that tells us you're not out here to do any work. So you know, leave it back in, in your office." And so I said, a good point, and That's I was great. excited that one they felt comfortable telling me that. Uh-huh. But it was a good, it, you know, it was the perception of, hey, if I'm out there with a cup of coffee, I'm not here to do any work where, you know, oftentimes I will go out and uh, I'm, I'm there to engage employees and talk and listen and see how we're doing. And uh, so uh, that was the last time I brought a cup of coffee out with me.
1: <laughs> That's fun. We were um, We were discussing earlier before the show the fact that one of the main issues in most corporations, most companies, I don't care what size, Is trust this whole trust issue Um, I'd like for you to talk about how to build trust there's a great quote by someone I know you like Simon Sinek and here's what it says says a team you love teams Mm -hmm. is not a group of people that work together a team is a group of people that trust each other so first of all why is trust such a problem
2: the uh, you know I think it's tough because the Business, the environment is changing so much. And without a lot of transparency, uh, employees are left with wondering, why do do we do that? Uh, Where are we going? What's the the reason for that decision? And it it, uh, breeds uh, the perception of maybe hidden agendas, and it it breeds misalignment in the organization. Mm. So I think a a couple things I learned about trust. uh, One thing early on is that uh, if you want to be trusted as a leader, you have to start by extending trust if you don't actively show that you trust other employees and, uh, and, and walk the walk there. So if I, if I walk up to an employee and they're you know, on their phone or whatever, I'm, and they're uh, you know, supposed to be doing work, I'm gonna assume they're doing work and I'm not gonna go any further with it. I just, I'm gonna extend trust to them. And I feel like I need to do that if I ever want them to trust me. Mm-hmm. And uh, if I get up in front of a room of employees uh, for the first time, a uh, new team, whatever, Uh, I will say, hey, I I realize uh, I need to earn your trust. Mm -hmm. Uh, You have mine. I'm going to share with you as much about the company and where we're going and why as we can. I'm going to trust you to do your best to get there. Mm -hmm. And uh, over time, I hope uh, through transparency, you will learn to trust me. And so it starts by extending trust. And then the second thing is um, I started to, I guess as as a continuous improvement leader, started to write on whiteboards. And so I would solve problems and now even all the way up to the, the company vision and strategy, uh, draw it out on a whiteboard in a, in a big open room where anybody can see and then I will leave it on the whiteboard. You know, aside from financials or other things that we can't share, um, you know, I, I want people to see that. There's no reason that people shouldn't see where we're going and why and, and the things that we think about and what we consider. And the more we can communicate that, the better. It helps people feel like they're part of the journey And uh, and I think that helps build trust too.
1: A whiteboard, and where is it in the building?
2: All over. So yeah, yeah. So we have that's uh, vulnerable. We have whiteboards all over the place, and uh, where we didn't have whiteboards, uh, we have whiteboards on rollers uh, that we will bring in. (laughs) And you know, part of it, I'm also very visual, so a bit of it is is me and how I think. But you know, oftentimes the the more you can simplify a strategy or concept, the better. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we oftentimes whiteboard, uh, get ideas uh, up on the whiteboard. And so one, one thing is it helps you acknowledge that, hey, I heard you. I'm going to write it on the board. Uh, you cute. start to uh, assimilate those ideas into some different things. And so you, you can, for me, I can bring people along the journey and walk people from here to there on a whiteboard a, a little bit easier than I could with just words. And then um, you have an artifact left behind, right, so people right. can – uh, kind of digest and think more and a lot of times we'll come back to that whiteboard a week later and uh, and think about it some more and build on it some more and so it allows you to iterate and, uh, and get into some of the deeper thinking that I think sometimes today uh, we don't uh, spend enough time doing.
1: Tell us more about we don't spend enough time doing. What do you spend your time doing?
2: Yeah so I, I try to um, I spend a try to spend a lot of time making sure that people understand where we're going and why and so as you mentioned simon sinek so one of the uh he uh he's got a uh, quite a few things out there and uh, his last book that i read was leaders eat last and in that book he talked about um, your strategy you know your strategy is really effective when employees can describe it back to you in their own words and tell you how they contribute in their own words and so that takes a lot of work and so i spend a lot of time in uh, in town halls and round table meetings uh, just walking around with employees and uh, engaging in their team meetings and just helping to uh, describe where we're going what we're trying to accomplish take their input on what they can do to help contribute to that and, and, st- and just connect dots mm-hmm. so they can describe how they fit in how they play a part how they contribute in their own words okay. and then that's something that they can get behind they make it their own
1: that's really interesting in terms of the whiteboard who would who would think about that In times of change, and uh, when companies are merging, acquired, and chaos, and any kind of change, no one loves change but a wet baby. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, But in times of change, from experience, what I find is that sometimes leaders will do just the opposite of what you're talking about. They'll almost go cubicle sabbatical, like get behind the door. And, and not get out there and talk about what's going on. So I love that. How do you get inspiration and, and where?
2: So I, uh, I I watch a lot of, lead, you know, I'm a big fan of servant leadership. And so again, Simon Sinek is, is one of those along with many other leaders that speak about that. Uh, but I read a lot, I watch a lot of videos. Uh, I, I use quotes a lot when I talk. Um, and, uh, and I use that to inspire my thinking and, and it's usually around how can I connect to more people and how can I uh, make a bigger difference and, and create that environment so people see themselves and where and where we're going. And so I, I, I spend most of my time just trying to, listening a lot, getting a, a diverse group of people together and, uh, and listening to what they have to say about something that we're trying to accomplish or something one of our customers needs or something that one of our competitors is doing. And uh, that helps me connect to, you know, how different people process that, uh, what they think about it, what they do about it. And then I, I really try to um, incorporate as much of that as I can into where we're going. And, and, um, and I, therefore, the, the vision and the strategy is a bit of a living, breathing thing with the organization. You know, we try to set our North Stars, uh, but through that daily engagement. And, uh, and you know, I, I've also been a big fan of uh, having some clear measurable goals uh, at, a, at a weekly level so that employees uh, know how they're doing and early on um, I, you know, I was very goal driven and I wanted to know how uh, I and my team were doing at the end of the week so we could go home on the weekend and enjoy, and enjoy time with friends and family and I could kind of leave you know find some balance and leave work at the office mm-hmm. And so that turned into uh, you know, what I'd ideally like to do is make sure that people know how they're doing. So same thing, that, so that they can go home, shut down for the weekend, enjoy time with friends and family, uh, which is really important for balance. Yes. And, uh, and, it, and for a lot of people, it's hard to do that if you're not sure how you're doing.
1: That's, that's very true. And we do need to shut down. My husband came home one day, he, uh, he was with IBM for many years, went to the top, and he never brought work home. In fact, I, I would get angry because other wives would be telling me what's going on in the company, and I didn't have a clue. And he said to me, you know, if I bring work home, it would eat me up. I'll never forget that.
2: Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, I think that's very true.
1: Well, okay, so you are clearly very goal-oriented. How early in your childhood did you get so goal-oriented?
2: You know it's tough to say but uh pretty early on and that i as far back as i can remember being good at math as a kid i, I wanted to be an engineer i like to build stuff explore discover uh-huh. uh, so there was a little bit of that uh early on in my childhood a uh, bit of an entrepreneur so i remember um you know the uh i think when i was eight or nine we had a, a neighborhood newspaper that a couple of kids on the street and I would publish and I think it lasted for the summer or something. <laughs> and we would constantly have garage sales with my parents' uh, stuff. My dad was uh, an electrician and um, would uh, sell whatever leftovers he had. And then I had a paper out when I was 12 and, and uh, worked up to um, you know, when I could buy something. I, at the time I wanted, I think it was a six inch black and white TV. Uh, that uh, so that was my big goal, but then I, I started to so I, I, I started to develop goals and generally a five year plan and and um and I, I liked the feeling of accomplishment and progression and so then I uh, there's a book called The Slight Edge and uh, it talks about uh, every day just taking a small step forward. And uh, so mind, body, and spirit, every day I, I uh, started, I think, you know, maybe in high school, just trying to take a small step forward through, whether it be through working out, reading a book, uh, progressing a project at work or school, uh, I, I uh, started to believe in that early on. And so you know, it's now been 30 years now uh, where every day I try to take a small step forward.
1: That, that can be one of our, I always say, you know, leave us with wisdom. That's definitely a pearl of wisdom right there.
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it certainly has played into that. You know, my wife believes in that, too. She Does has she? Been, uh, uh, Shelby, she's been a huge supporter of my career the whole way. And, uh, yeah, so we oftentimes talk about that.
1: And she's in HR, right? Yeah, she's she was HR. a
2: long time in HR, yeah. and so she's been a good career coach for me uh, as well. That's perfect. That's
1: perfect match. It, yeah,
2: it's worked out well. <laughs> yeah.
1: So it must be in your DNA to just be disciplined. How disciplined are you?
2: Uh, very much so. So uh, I don't know. It, you know, I think that started with my dad and, and maybe both my parents, but they you get up every day and you go through your routine and, and you just get it done. You know, just and I saw that uh, throughout. So two things I, I think I learned uh, from my parents early on, uh, discipline and hard work, where, you know, they, you, you get up, you get it done. Uh, hmm. and, uh, and then for my mom uh, she was always optimistic so get up and it's an optimistic start to the day so get up today is going to be a good day and you go to work <laughs> and you, uh, you put in the work and so that led to uh, you know I always felt uh, got a feeling of accomplishment from hard work and I appreciate that and I, you know, I feel like I'm doing something for myself or for others mm-hmm. and um, yeah so that kind of progressed throughout life and it, it just it, it uh, becomes contagious I think
1: well, and, and, it, and it's a habit.
2: Yeah, very much. You know,
1: you're building good habits. Yeah. I can't imagine kids that sit home in the summers and just sit home in the summers. And what's what are they going to do in life? Sit home, probably. I don't yeah. know. Anyway, I love that. And it leads to a question about values. I, you alluded to that. Eric, where did your values come from? You mentioned your mom and dad. Um, and not only that, but how do you – as a president and CEO, how do you live your values every day, in a way that people see it? You've given us several examples. Um, what else could you share about your values?
2: Yeah, so I, uh, you know, I, I value. Uh, as I talk to my kids, I really simple view. Uh, now nine, seven, and four. Uh, hard work, work hard, respect everyone, help others, and then have fun um, at the. Uh, also, uh, of course, because they're kids, yeah. but uh, that's kind of the simple view. But, um, you know, as I've come to describe my values, it's around uh, as a leader it's to create an environment where everybody can be their best. That means investing in people and, uh, and not just talking about it, but really investing through coaching, mentoring, resources, skills, um, the environment, uh, creating an environment where people support each other and really, uh, really walking the walk. And then um, for congruence, uh, I, I found that it really, I talk a lot about what I believe. And Good. so my values you know i had to think uh, for a while what what do i really believe mm-hmm. and uh what i believe uh, aligns with my values which feeds into my character and i you know and i constantly reflect on that to understand what kind of authentic leader am i and how can i talk about that and so i spend a lot of time thinking about whatever the value is hard work why do i believe that and uh and you know, so the transparency, why do I believe that? And the transparency goes back to a, a bit of the, uh, the trust uh, idea where uh, how do you break through hidden agendas and it, have one team working together towards a common goal and, and uh, you can't do that without transparency. And so that's why I believe that active listening. You know, I, was, right. uh, I remember as a, as a frontline manager, I went to uh, visit my HR partner and uh, I, I, you know, I had what I perceived was a, uh, an important issue. And um, my HR partner uh, sat behind the computer and didn't come out around the desk. And I uh, thought, you know, is she really listening or not? And I wasn't, I wasn't sure. And uh, so I, it got me to, to thinking about how do I make sure that I, you know, I, I, I think she was listening, but I couldn't tell. Uh, so uh, now I when somebody comes into my office I walk around my desk and I don't uh, I don't sit behind my desk just because I want them to know I'm, I'm here to listen mm-hmm. and then uh, as I'm listening I'm not constantly processing what I'm going to respond back to I'll listen I'll, I'll, tr- I'll truly try to active listen and understand and take a pause and then sometimes uh, reflect back to them uh, what I heard sometimes maybe kind of lead with a question to understand more but uh, it, it's things like that the, uh, that have led to my values and my beliefs that I, I will openly talk about a lot with, uh, with all of our employees.
1: What do you do when there's conflict? How do you handle conflict effectively so that it's productive
2: conflict? Yeah, so I, I am a big fan of aligning on where we are trying to go and what we are trying to accomplish in the higher purpose mm-hmm. and then recognizing that there are different perspectives. There's not one right path right? And the more we can have different perspectives, which could be perceived as, as conflicts, all that is good because it allows us to consider other alternatives and then figure out uh, the best way to go. And then uh, recognizing that we probably won't get it right uh, the whole way through. The fact that we've considered other alternatives means we have some things to fall back on and some different ideas and different approaches. And so uh, I, I think uh, we try to promote that, hey, different perspectives are really good. Recognize that uh, let's figure out that Uh, align on what we're trying to achieve and make sure we all understand that which is our higher purpose Um, and then also recognize that there is not one right way but uh, as an employee told me in a recent roundtable the strategy doesn't have to be perfect but we just have to align and go consistently together
1: i like that it's not
2: about it's it's about working together as a team and if you look at even the sports analogies it's not always the team with uh you know on paper with the most talent that wins uh, oftentimes, it's the team with the chemistry that believes in each other, uh, that is aligned and working together uh, that wins. That's
1: that's. I'll remember that next time I have conflict with someone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Back to discipline for a minute. You haven't mentioned your your martial arts. Yeah, how'd so you, how'd you get into that?
2: So I was uh, I was a wrestler growing up, and so that is a lot of personal discipline uh, from a young. I think I started when I was uh, maybe six. And so that's a lot of uh, daily discipline and that kind of fed and, and I saw the daily accomplishment from that and you know where I, I wasn't the best uh, for a while after years and years you, you see that uh, through you know I, I'm a fan that hard work over time wins out uh, oftentimes just over raw talent um, you could debate that but I, I do think that uh, anything you know it sometimes takes years but if you are persistent for years uh, you can achieve uh, things that you don't think you can do so I think that's where it started. Uh, then I got into, as I, um, I got into my adult life, uh, that transitioned into martial arts, which you also have to be highly disciplined. And so I think it kind of fit my nature where you walk in, leave everything else outside, uh, and then it's just you and the people in front of you. And you're everybody's looking for personal growth and development and the discipline to hone in on skills and mastery and get better. And And uh, I've been doing that now for um, 11, 12 years. And, uh, and it, it just fits my it's my nature
1: are you teaching the boys
2: uh i i'm, I'm <laughs> teaching the boys uh how to pursue anything that they want to right now oh, so now answer. it's uh, all different sports <laughs> and and yes we do some uh some things in the garage do you? we do all kinds of garage workouts just to have fun and and I, I really want them to see a lot of different things and figure out what they're passionate about sure yeah
1: all right so going to passion and going to oh, gee you've given us so many pearls of wisdom um Where do you, where do you get your best ideas and, and when, like I wake up sometimes in the middle of the night, and I don't know where it comes from, but I'll get kind of a spurt of, wow, why didn't I think of that during the day, (laughs) and I have to write it down. Where do you get your best ideas?
2: Yeah, you know it's funny. The same with me. So once in a while, at two a.m. in the morning, I'll wake up and and uh, I'll have some great ideas. And I've learned I got to write them down or I forget right. by the time uh, morning comes. Uh, but the other thing I'll say that's a little bit unique is the um, I read a lot of different things. So I'll read history, a business book, you know, Fortune magazine, uh, whatever. And by reading a lot of different things, all within you know a few days, uh, it helps me uh, see things from a lot of different perspectives. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times I'll read about a business in one industry, uh, you know, a, a Bitcoin business and what they're doing with blockchain, uh, tied to a marketplace business and what they're doing with blockchain and what another company might be doing with autonomy and sensor data. And you start to connect dots around uh, a lot of different things. And uh, as, as a lot of people have said, innovation oftentimes is just connecting different ideas together to do something new. And uh, so I, I intentionally uh, read a lot of different types of things um, you know, and I, I switch I have probably ten books or magazines going at once, and oh I find that's goodness. how I get a lot of different ideas just connecting different things together.
1: Are you going to write a book? You should write a book.
2: Yeah, you know I uh, I started uh, a few years ago just taking notes uh, on kind of what I believe, and then uh, you know we've talked about this a little bit, and uh, then as I started to think about legacy, legacy to me is uh, starts with uh, family. Right. And uh, so then I started to take notes and things that I would want to inspire my kids, you know, that they could fall back on and understand their values and where they came from and, and where they came from for me. And so uh, I, I wasn't much of a journaler, but as I started to write that down, I eventually uh, it kind of became my journal, and it was uh, all about the legacy for my kids. And that gave me purpose sure. to journal for, you know, because I, I didn't uh, – i didn't necessarily want to journal for myself but once i found the purpose and that hey it's this is for my kids that uh that uh kept me going and so now i have uh i have a lot written down on perspectives and values i how that applies to my personal life to to my legacy and how i contribute make a bigger difference community work uh profession and otherwise and uh yeah so at some point i may i may put that down in uh in a book
1: can i hold you to
2: that uh, yes. <laughs> yes.
1: You heard that, <laughs> Eric. What a what a joy to have you today. You have really shared some some fabulous insights. Is there anything else in terms of pearls of wisdom that you've already given us many? But is there anything else you'd be willing to share?
2: Yeah. the The last thing i you talked about change and transformation. I'll just highlight one more thing that I mm-hmm. found, and that if you the more that you include employees, in a a vision and a strategy isn't necessarily just about the the top leadership team developing a plan to meet your financial goals. It can be about unlocking the full potential of your company and uh, and your employees. And the more you bring uh, them on that journey, then as the year starts, uh, as the plan starts, Um, employees know why and they can make their own course corrections. The big course corrections then don't have to be the next big corporate initiative, the next big flavor of the month activity so to speak. Mm -hmm. If you engage your employees in the journey and why and help them understand um, and communicate where you're at as you go, they will make the course corrections themselves and I I do believe that problems are best solved by uh, the teams closest to them. And so by doing uh, strategy and putting the extra work and collaborating up front in big teams of people and and building broad understanding, uh, it doesn't take the big corporate initiatives to drive drive change. It takes a a fan of General McChrystal team of teams. Then you have teams of teams that are out there that know their principles and where we're trying to go, and they're empowered, and they'll make their own course corrections uh, along the way, day by day, week by week, month by month, uh, and that uh, can ultimately be be a competitive advantage for you to, to be more agile.
1: That right there is, is the beginning of your book. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just have to say that being able to have someone uh, running such a large corporation and doing it right is a joy. And that's what this show is all about. You know that, Eric. It's about do it, doing it right. And so I would just leave my listeners with this I think you should buy Do It Right. Here it is on Amazon take a look. I want you to tune in next week when we'll have another wonderful example of someone who is living life authentically, doing things the best way they can, and making a real impact and difference. And so in the meantime, stay authentic, have a great holiday season, and we'll see you then.